Well, good morning again, brothers and sisters and dear friends. And again, I want to thank you for welcoming me into your home, bringing you the word of God, the word of life. Uh, it is so true that the Bible says that when Jesus came, that he was the light of the world. And we are living in dark times and so we need a light. And that light is Jesus Christ. How exciting is that? So again, thank you for listening to the word of God and giving me the opportunity to speak his word. Now today I want to continue as we do walking with Jesus through the gospel of Mark. Mark is this young man and most probably he is hearing the account of the gospel from Peter and he's writing it down so that you and I might learn in 2020. So let us open up your ears to hear and open up your eyes to see what God wants to teach us today. So I want to talk to you about the topic, what do you see? That's a question. Now, no doubt, if I ask this question to 10 different people today, they will tell me 10 different stories, or they might ask to qualify the question, what do you mean, what do I see? What do you want me to tell you what I see? And you can only listen to people, listen what they talk about every day, and you will see what they see by hearing what they're saying. I will say that again. You will see what they see by hearing what they're saying. And this is so critical. So the words this morning is, what do you see? And this is what Jesus asked the blind man we are going to look at today. The miracle that he's performing on a blind man, Jesus asked that man the question. And the thing is, brother and sister, dear friends, sight is a wonderful thing. And equally so, insight. Now, I want to talk to you about insight. Now, let me give you the definition for insight. Insight is the capacity to gain an accurate and deep understanding of someone or something. Let me repeat that again. Insight is the capacity to gain an accurate and a deep understanding of someone or something. This is when someone comes to you and they say, I can't see what you see, or I can't see to understand what you see. That is called insight. And we find it when somebody can't see when you see, they can't understand the situation. And we're going to apply that word to our passage today when we look at this. Now, I want to ask you today, what do you see? If I ask you this morning, is it a worldview that you see? Is it, um, or what? let me ask you this way, what is influencing what you are seeing? Because I'm coming back to again what I said. You can see what people see by hearing what they're talking about what is occupying their minds. You will see what they see, not only with their eyes, <coughs> but what they're thinking with their minds. And that is what comes over their lips and they talk about that. Now, I want to prove this to you. So I've got two images that I want to share with you. Now, if I bring them up, I want you to look at them and see the first image that you see. 
So this is the first one. What are you seeing? Are you seeing a rabbit? Or did you see straight away a duck? You see, that makes the point. Some of you would have seen straight away a rabbit with two ears pinned to the back. But somebody else would have immediately saw a duck with the two beaks in the front of him. Let's look at sign number two or picture image number two. What do you see? You see, some people will immediately see a young lady who's got a hat on with a feather. And others would have seen an old woman with a, a big nose and a long chin. And this makes the point. We don't always everybody see the same. We see something and I've got my interpretation of what I'm seeing. You might look at the exact same situation, but you see it differently. Now, the challenge here is that when I look at something and I tell you what I see is for you to understand what I see. And the same with you. You look at the very same situation or the image. And when you try to explain to me what you see, it's for me to understand what you see. And this is called insight. Can you see what I see? Now remember, uh, we find Jesus with these disciples and he uses this passage. He uses the words to explain to us in a way insight. Remember when they were on the boat and last week we saw that they had only one bread on the boat and Jesus started talking to them about the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. And then he says there in Mark chapter 8 verse 18, he says, Having eyes you do not see and having ears you do not hear and you do not remember. Now remember those words. What Jesus was telling these men was that they are with him. They see the things which he do, but they can't understand it. They haven't got the insight. And this is what he's going to address with the miracle now. Again in Mark chapter 8.21, <clears throat> So he said to them, How is it that you do not understand? Now, while we walk with Jesus, with the disciples as Mark writes it down, never forget that we are so privileged that these gospel writers, the writers of the Bible, they wrote down and gives us insight how it is to walk with Jesus. But Jesus called these disciples to walk with them. And as he walks with them, he teaches them a lesson for three and a half years. And we are so privileged to walk with them, to see what Jesus sees and to understand what he's trying to teach them. Now, this miracle that he's going to perform here with the blind man in, Matthew, in Mark is about sight, is to be able to see. It's going to have a blind man, but there is a message here that we need to understand, a message that we need to see. Now, miracles just did not happen. 
Miracles were parables in action. You know what a parable is. It's an earthly story with a heavenly message. Now, similarly was miracles. Miracles is where Jesus touched somebody and a miracle happened, but there is a deeper message to understand. And we've seen a blind man he being healed before. We saw that. We saw it when Jesus spat on, on, on the mud and he made clay and he put it on a man's eyes. So the question is, why again this miracle about a blind man? Why here? Why now? You've got to ask these questions. Why did Mark write down about this? Because there's a deeper message that Jesus wants to give his disciples. And I believe the Holy Spirit allowed this here to teach them a lesson, but also to you and me. Because remember, brother and sister, the Bible is in inspiration by God. Nothing that's written down was just written down for the sake of it. There is a specific reason. This is what Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. He says to him, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction of the righteous, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So here we are, Mark chapter 8. We find Jesus coming off the boat. They're in Bethsaida. And as they walk into Bethsaida, we're going to read now that they bring him a blind man. Mark writes it down so that you and I can read this and understand the lesson that he wanted taught his disciples and us. There is a message behind every miracle. Don't just look at the miracles and see the miracles, but you need to understand it. Now let's read our passage. Mark chapter 8 verse 22. Then he came to Bethsaida and they brought him a blind man and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and lead him out of the town. And when he had spat on his eyes and he put his hand on him, he asked him if he saw anything. There is our theme. There is our theme that we say this morning. Do you see anything? And that's the question. What do you see? What do you see? Jesus asked this man, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hand on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everything clearly. <clears throat> then he sent him away to his house saying, Neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. The Lord absolutely blessed the public reading of his word. Now he came to this man and he says to him, after he spat on his eyes, he says, what do you see? In fact, he asked him if he saw anything. What do you see, blind man? And this is a physical question. He asked him if he could see something physically. But there is a lot here that we need to unpack. So let's do that. Let's first look at the request of these people when they brought this man to Jesus. They asked of him. The word says they begged him when they came to him for Jesus just to touch this man. And we know what a touch is. A touch is a quick interaction between two people. A touch could be a handshake where you just take somebody's hand and you shake them and you let go. 
It could be just a pat on the shoulder. That's a touch. That's a quick touch. In this particular case, it could have been for them to ask for Jesus to lay his hands on them and hold it there for a while because they wanted to to see the miracle. They wanted this man to be able to see, to be healed from his blindness. Now, it becomes awkward when you shake somebody's hand and they keep holding on to your hands because now it becomes a little bit more intimate. I often love it to do when I um, shake little uh, children's hands to keep on shaking and I, I would say to them, that's okay, you can let go now. And, but I hold on and they want to go and I hold on and they want to go. And, and you can see in their actions that they pull away. Why is that so? It's because, brother and sister and dear friend, it's because of the awkwardness the uncomfortableness of them even want to pull away. And this is, this is what touch do. You see, each one of us, we've got your private little bubble around us. And we don't often like it when people come in into that bubble. And this is what it is with touching. They only wanted Jesus to touch him, to lay his hands on him. But see what Jesus do. He took the man by the hand. And then he started taking him out of the city. He led him away. This is a little bit more intimate. Remember when he led him away that Jesus, as he takes them, I can only imagine this, <coughs> as he, take, he takes him away, he need to walk around obstacles. He had to say into his ear, watch out, there's a rock there come over here and he pulls him on, onto the one side. It's much longer now than just a touch. And I think when Jesus started taking this man and leading him away, that these people, these onlookers, these people who brought this man must have looked at that and were maybe a little bit disappointed. What is Jesus doing right now? All we wanted of him was to lay his hands on the man and boom, he will be healed. That's what we are looking for. But you see, brother and sister, this is often what people do. They come to Jesus and they want him just to react like that. Just touch him and let us go our own way. It doesn't work that way. There's much more because we are serving a passionate, compassionate Christ. No, no, he wasn't only going to lay his hands on this man. There was a message here. There was these onlookers and he took him away from the crowd. But similarly, there were, there were his disciples who walked with him. And surely there was going to be a message here, which he wanted to bring over to them and to you and to me. They must have been very disappointed at first. So Jesus walks all the way with this man holding his hand, guiding him through all of these obstacles. Not in the way that they expected it. But that reminded me of the scripture verse in Isaiah chapter 55, where, verse 8, where the word says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and thank God that his thoughts is not our thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways. God's way, our ways is not God's ways. He's got his own ways. 
And let me just tell you, brother and sister, he's going to do it in his way. In your life right now, he's operating in his way with your life differently from my life, differently from my wife's life, differently from my children's lives. He's got his way with you. He knows exactly what triggers you. He knows exactly what that excites you. And he knows exactly how to get your attention. He says, nor are my ways, your ways, my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Come on, Jesus. Come just touch this man so that he can be healed and we can be off on your own merry way. No, no, no. Jesus took the man and he walked with him out of the city away from the crowds. How wonderful, compassionate Christ is that. And then he's doing it in his ways. Praise the Lord. I can see myself as this blind man if I think about it. You know, I was blind. Once I was blind in my sin, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, uh, uh, chapter 2 verse 1, 2 and 3 says it's so beautiful. He says, I was dead in my trespasses and sin. I was a blind man when Jesus came around and he took me by the hand. He just didn't come around and touched me. No, no, this man who's standing in front of you, he took me by the hand and then he started walking me away from the crowds. You see, because Jesus wanted to deal with me personally, away from the crowds. I can tell you today how he took me and how he warned me about obstacles, how there were low times in my life. How there were very exciting times in my life and still are. And there were times when I had, he had my hand in his hand and I wanted to pull away and I wanted to, to, to just sit down. And, and I said, not so, Jesus. I want to have it this way. But he, he tightened the grip and I praise him for that. He tightened the grip a little bit harder on my hand. And he says, no, my son, come this way. Just for me to look back. And see why he pulled me out of the way of a very high danger. I can see myself as this blind man. With the compassionate Christ holding my hand. And I couldn't understand. I couldn't see what Jesus saw. Some of those decisions were very hard decisions. But he held my hand. And even today he holds my hand and he holds your hand. Now I've got no doubt, brother and sister, that you've also walked where he walked, holding your hand. I can see myself in this man as Jesus compassionately takes my hand and he leads me. From what? He leads me from darkness to light. He leads me from brightness to see. He leads me from sin to salvation. He leads me from arrogance and hardened heart to humbleness. Every single trip, a step of the way he's there. How wonderful as you can see yourself as the master leads you away. 
Now let's look at the miracle. Let's look how Jesus do this. Because for the first time that I read all of Jesus' miracles, he actually heals this man in two stages. Now, let me just say it by far, that he could have just said a word. <coughs> he could just said to this man, see, and the man would have seen. We remember with the deaf man, what did he say? Epapha, be opened, and the man could hear. We see that when he comes in, you know, he, he, Jesus is doing it. You know, he's not conventional like us. Unconventional. He's doing it in his way. But here we're going to see that he's doing it in two stages. And there's a reason for that, that we need to learn from. Uh, the verse says, and when he had spat on his eyes, he put his hands on him. And you might look at this and you go, wow, disgusting. Spitting on somebody's eyes. But you see, uh, brother and sister, we would think so in, in the Western world that we are living in. It is disgusting. You're not going to appreciate me coming over and spitting in your eyes. You're not going to appreciate that. Well, let me just say, in the COVID world that we live now, you have to wear masks. Why? Because people want you to keep your spit in your, your saliva back in your mouth and not share it out and about. Why? Because they're afraid there's a virus that's going to spread. Jesus comes around and he spit in the man's eyes. But you see, in ancient times, people thought differently than we do today. In ancient times, they saw that the saliva that's in a human body has got healing powers. And we find it sometimes often the same. And you, you there in the kitchen cutting away and you just, you know, cut a little bit into your finger. What is a lot of people's first reaction? Finger goes into the mouth. Why? Why? There's a soothing effect that saliva has got upon it. Now I know that, you know, all the health people who hear me now is going to say, but there's also a lot of bacteria and stuff in saliva. I get that. But remember, these people, saliva wasn't that thing. It was to them a healing aid, agent, uh, uh, um, a healing power that they had. It's not, it's a healing method that they had. And Jesus by spitting on his eyes. But then again, the word says immediately because he spat on his eyes and he put his hand on him. And this is so comforting. He puts his hand on him and we see that Jesus touches him immediately. And he asked him this question now. What do you see? He didn't ask it in so many words, but he says to him, he asked him if he saw anything. Can you see anything? What do you see? And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Now, there's a few things that we learn about this blind man. And the first thing that he tells us is that this man hasn't been blind always. Why? Because he could identify people looking like trees. He had this picture in his mind. He saw trees before, most probably. And he saw men, probably. And he says to Jesus, he could see people as trees. <clears throat> Secondly, it teaches us that this healing that Jesus did right there wasn't completed yet. It wasn't completed yet. All this man could do was to distinguish between light and shades, but he couldn't see clearly. And there's a message in that. And we're coming to it close. 
You see, his disciples was with him all this time, on the boat, all the miracles. But still they didn't have the insight to see clearly. They could see the light in the dark, but they couldn't see clearly. The third thing that we learn of this is that this partial healing does not suggest that the healing powers of Jesus were failing. There is a very, very errorous training, uh, teaching going around that this shows that, you know, the devil's power became so strong, Jesus started getting tired and he didn't have enough healing power to heal the man. That is absolute rubbish. It doesn't happen. I've heard this teaching, teaching once and it is, it is not of God. It is of the devil. It doesn't work that way. Jesus is not having a hard time healing this man. Again, there is a lesson in this. You see, Jesus is using this man's healing as a living parable. Of what and why? To teach his disciples something. To teach his disciples and you and me a valuable lesson. Look at verse 25. He says, Then he put his hand on his eyes again and make him look up. And he was restored and was, uh, could see everything clearly. Now that's the second part of the miracle. First one, spat in his eyes, laid his hands on him, and he asked him, what do you see? He says, no, I see men like trees. Second time around he comes and he puts his hand on his eyes again and he make him look up and now he could see clearly. Now again, you might ask, what is the lesson to the disciples and to us? This man, dear friend, this man, brother and sister, is a living illustration of the spiritual condition of the disciples at that point in time and of a lot of us at this point in time. It's a living illustration. Ever since these disciples have been walking with the Lord, they he was spitting in a sense on their eyes. Ever since, from the day he called them, they were walking on the beach. He was walking on the beach. He saw Peter and, and, and John. He saw Matthew. He said, all of them, he called them and started walking with him. And ever since that time, not physically, you, you understand me here, he was trying to open up their eyes so that they could see, but they didn't see. They couldn't understand. They didn't have the insight. And he uses this illustration to show it to them. I mean, just remember, just a few verses before, they were on the boat and they couldn't understand. And he had to talk to them harshly about this. He, could, he said to them, you see, but you don't see, you hear, you don't hear. And that's the same to a lot of people who are sitting in the church today. They just still can't see Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah. And this is what he's trying to show them here. He did miracles. He fed 4,000. He fed 5,000. 5, they get on the boat with one bread and they're fretting about it. They're discussing it amongst each other. Where are we going to get food for our dummies? We've only got one bread. How many disciples? Hello? There were 4,000 miracles. You've got Jesus Christ with you on the boat, but you don't understand him and you don't know him. 
And then he comes out of the boat. He, he gets this blind man and he shows them in a living example, a living illustration that you disciples as blind as this man. And I'm going to show you now. I open up his eyes halfway through. That's your condition. That's where you are. You need to see clearly now. And you can see clearly now. He showed them the miracles. He gave them the miracles so that they could understand that He is the Son of God. He is the Son of God. Is He the Son of God in your life today? And if so, why, do not, why don't you trust Him as the Son of God? You see, they were still in unbelief. They could not see clearly yet. And it's the same with us at this point. You know, Paul writes to the church in, in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12, he says, For now we see in a mirror, we see in a mirror now, dimly, but then face to face. Now I know a part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. So Paul says that we are seeing dimly. It is so true. You see, as we walk with Him, as we talk with Him, as we read His Word, as we pray, as we trust Him more, it becomes clearer to us. This is what Peter writes to us, 2 Peter chapter 3, 18. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow in that knowledge and in the grace. You grow in that. Romans chapter 8, 28, we know this verse. He says, and we know that all things together work for the good for those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose, for whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed into the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. This is the message of the blind man today is to get the insight of who Jesus is. <clears throat> Remember, this is why Mark writes this, this, this gospel to us, that we know who Jesus is and why He came. And here Jesus shows them who He is and why He came. He is the one who makes you see. Now let's see how this miracle ended. Then He sent, in verse 26, Then He sent Him away to His house, saying, Neither go into the town, Bethsaida. Don't go into Bethsaida, nor tell anyone in the town. In other words, blind man, and now not blind man, do not go back to Bethsaida. Why? Why would Jesus say that? And tell nobody. Well, we know that Jesus didn't want to draw crowds. This is exactly the reason why he went into Sidon and Tyre to get away from the crowd so that he can spend time with his disciples. So he was not in the crowd business, drawing crowds and building a very expensive uh, ministry. No. But there's a second reason why he says that this man should not go back to Bethsaida. And this is a sad reason. And we need to listen to this because that's the state of the world right now. 
Many a cities will fall into the same calamity than Bethsaida is now. And my prayer is that Melbourne do not fall into that. That Sydney do not fall into that. That Brisbane do not fall and Perth do not fall into that. No one city should fall into the same calamity that happened with Bethsaida. Because you see, Jesus did miracles in Bethsaida. Yet they did not believe in him. And this is a warning to the disciples. To the disciples. They saw each and every one of his miracles. They are so privileged, yet they did not have that insight. It could be the same warning to you and me on your journey that Christ is with you and you walk this pilgrim walk. He performed in your life miracles. So that you can see. So what is it with Bethsaida? Bethsaida was rebuked by Jesus. Rebuked. Matthew chapter 11, 20. Then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done. There is a familiarity that is entered into the church. A familiarity with Christ. He's not your buddy. You're not part of his posse. You're not part of his gang. Jesus haven't got a gang. And this is the familiarity that came. He came to these cities and these cities where most of his mighty works were done. Because they did not repent. He did the mighty work so that they could repent. Let me just explain to you again the miracle of the blind man which we just looked at. The miracle happened so that people could repent. The miracle happened so that people can understand they're in darkness, in their sin, and they need to see the light and come to the light so that they can see. This is the miracle. And what if you do not obey by that? He says that he rebuked these cities wherein mighty works were done, and they did not repent. They did not repent. Woe to you, Gorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. He said to the blind man, do not go back to Bethsaida. Why not? Because the blind man, they saw the blind man when Jesus led him out. Now he comes back and he see. There's a familiarity with that. Oh yeah, that's another miracle of Jesus. Oh yeah, that's good. That's all Jesus. Our mate. Let it be not so. <coughs> For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre in Sidon. Now he goes to Bethsaida and he says, the mighty works that's done in you. If it was done in Tyre and Sidon, the Gentile cities, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day on the judgment than for you. Let it be known that God will give people over to themselves to destroy themselves. You say, whoa, that's not a loving God. Oh, yes, it is, because he gave everything to those cities. He committed miracles in those cities for them to repent, but they made a decision not to. They became so familiar with Jesus. Let, let 
the preaching of sermons to you not become stale. Let praying to our Lord Jesus Christ not become stale to you. Just a familiar thing to you. Let, I, I just can't bring it over in a better and a more stronger way to you, brother and sister. Because he will give people over to themselves. He gives guidance and he's willing to restore sight. But he will turn against nations and he will turn against cities. Yet he will still put his hands and lead out the individuals. Like he did with this blind man. Paul writes to the church in Rome the following. He says in Romans 1.18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. It says they know the truth, but they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And do we not see that today? That is so evident today. Man is suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. They are telling us that unrighteousness is the liberal way of going. That's the right way. And now they want to change history. They want to destroy everything to show that their unrighteousness is the right thing. But they suppress the truth. Because what may be known of God is manifested in them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even the internal power of the Godhead, so that they are without an excuse. Let it be known today that no man has got an excuse that he don't know God, or he hasn't seen the power of God. There's no excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Look around you. This is happening. It's not coming. It's happening. They do not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise. Oh, yeah, I can say a lot about that. Professing to be wise. You listen to all of these wise people today on your TV screens and so on. They profess to be wise. Now everything but they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. So let me ask you then, by the close, what do you see? What do you see? What is it that you talk about that you see? Have your eyes of your soul been opened? The eyes of your soul that you can see Jesus? That He saved you? Have you seen yourself as a lost sinner? And He came around and He took you by the hand? A sinner who was on His way to eternity in hell. And Jesus Christ came and He took you by the hand and He saved you. He, he gave you salvation. Can you see that? Or are you still ignorant? Are you still seeing men like trees? And you still want to work it out? The Holy Spirit comes 
and it reaches you and it says, you know that you're a sinner. You know the things you do is not right. You feel convicted every single time. But yet, you still want to keep on seeing men like trees. You want to go halfway but not all the way. You don't want to see clearly because of the things you have to leave behind. And he comes to you and he says, here my child, I want you to see. Have you seen the truth that Jesus died on the cross? Have you seen that? He died on a cross to pay for the sins of his children, of you and me. The sins of people. Have you seen that? Can you see that? Can you see that he rose again from the grave? Victorious. Can you see that he come to us and he gave us eternal salvation? That he is, can you see that he ascended on high? <coughs> but that he said that he will send his, his comforter, his helper. You see, there's so much more in this parable. The disciples after this next week, you will see the reaction because the penny dropped. The insight came and you see a reaction. This reaction is a reaction that every child of God should have. That come to life moment. I want you to go and read on. Don't wait for me next week to, to just talk about the passage. But go and read the rest of chapter 8. Especially the next few verses. And you will see what I mean. This miracle was not just a miracle. It happened in two phases. And it made them... To understand and ask the question, what do you see? May the Lord bless you this week until next week. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. And I pray now, Lord, open the eyes of our hearts so that we may see. In Jesus' name, amen.